Welcome to another episode of an Apple a Day podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Apples. Today, we have an incredible couple on the show, but they've actually asked to be anonymous. So this episode, we will actually be only doing audio, no video, and their names will not be released for privacy purposes. So I'm excited to have them on. I'm excited to share their stories. They've actually told me in previous conversations that we've had that about 96% of marriages fail after they have been through something similar to this couple's story. And so this this story, I believe, is just going to impact you in such a different way. I think we can learn a lot from it. And I just pray as you walk towards your own desire for a spouse, encourages you to do the work in your singleness now, encourages you just in, in the strength to continue when things get hard. And so would you give them a warm welcome as we welcome them onto the show? Welcome to the Apple Day Podcast. My name is Michelle Apples. If you don't know me, I am the founder of the Christian Singles Hub, a space where Christian singles can be equipped with the resources they need to grow towards greatness, put their faith in action, and to date with purpose. Healthy relationships only come from healthy individuals. So join me every Wednesday as we interview some incredible guests and give you all the wisdom you need to steward your singleness better. We hope you enjoy the show and don't forget to check out our website at thechristiansingleshub.com. Welcome back to another episode of An Apple a Day. I'm your host, Michelle Apples, and today I have an amazing couple here with me, 29 years. So all of us singles who are listening, what is the secret? What is the secret to 29 years? <laughs> oh, boy. Well, yeah, it's only by God's grace and his mercy that we are that we are still married at 29 years. We we had a lot of a lot of things that we went through, things that we both dealt with in our in before we were married and even before we met. But those kind of things led into our marriage, things that had not been dealt with, issues, you know, in our Christian lives and it just kind of uh as it carried on into our marriage, it progressed and we had a lot of a lot of problems. I would love to hear more if you're open to sharing, just because I think like, you know, as someone who works with singles all the time, I see singles and I see that so many singles wrap up their whole identity in this idea of getting married, this idea of a spouse, this idea of like that next season that they've been desiring for so long. But I think a lot of people don't realize the cost of marriage and the weight of marriage. And like that, you know, like you're saying, like certain things aren't, if they're not healed before you step into marriage, that just makes it even messier. And I think people don't understand the work that marriage actually takes. And so really by interviewing couples, I want singles to be able to get that wisdom from married couples who have done this, who have been there, and to really be able to see that like, marriage isn't just this fantasy that a lot of singles are making up in their head of what marriage is. And so yeah, we'd love to just kind of understand more about just your story and your journey and how God's grace got you to 29 years. Well, I'll say this, Michelle, and for all your listeners, the story that we're about to share this evening is an extremely hard story to share. God has brought us through quite a situation. It's a story that we've shared before. I've shared with different men's groups, and we've wanted to be able to share our story to try and help others and hopefully 
if we can keep somebody from going down the same path that we did and get and falling into the same trap, the same hole. And a lot of this, uh, it's messy and it's it's not easy to share. It, it's very difficult, but at the same time, we feel that if we can be of help to anybody. So I think there's a lot of uh, stuff that we can bring into a relationship, a lot of baggage. You know, we've he- we hear that term a lot. And um, as a Christian, I'm going to call that baggage sin. And I think that there, a lot of times singles think that uh, single guys, I mean, I, I'm an accountability partner for a number of young guys. And um, a lot of them think that... Uh, you know, because they're they're really struggle struggling with pornography or masturbation and and these things that that uh, these sins they think that by them getting uh, entering into a relationship with a girl and hopefully getting married to her will solve those issues and uh, take care of that sin that that she will fulfill all those desires and and that's the biggest lie of the devil. I, I think that if unless you get rid of those temptations and those sins in your life. And I mean, like completely, those things will carry right on through into your marriage. Those are things that you have to deal with before. When you become a Christian, when you get saved, you're you're a new creation. We're supposed to put all those things behind us and we're, we're a new creation. We, we should not desire. I mean, doesn't mean that we're not going to sin, but we shouldn't desire to do those things anymore. And um, the temptations, I mean, the devil is constantly, constantly throwing those fiery darts at us. And first and foremost, you know, you have to be in the word, reading the word. If anybody thinks that they can master and overcome these temptations and sins on their own, you're sadly mistaken. And I think you need accountability. You need an accountability partner. But reading the word daily, that is the only way to be able to overcome. I hope I'm not going on too long, but... (laughs) No, I mean, I think that's so good. And I think like, yeah, getting into a relationship is never going to solve anything. It's never going to be like the the solution to a problem that's already there. It's not going to fix you. If anything, it's just going to expose those things even more because now you have another person that gets to see all the mess. They get to see all the inner parts of you that you don't want to be exposed to anyone else. But that's a marriage covenant. I mean... That's something that's you, you see those insecurities, you see the sin, you see the mess, you see all of that. And so, you know, really with the platform that we have and the community that we have, it's like healthy individuals make up healthy relationships, which make up healthy marriages. And so we just really encourage people to do the work now in their singleness. So they're not bringing all of this into marriage. And mm-hmm. I think that that is so often, like you said, that's such a lie that, you know, you're going to get into a marriage and it's just going to solve all your problems because it's not, it's actually just going to heighten it and it's going to expose it even more. Yeah. And Michelle, I I think, you know, I'd like to say that, you know, as a young person, like a young girl excited about a wedding and just, you know, can't wait to be a bride someday. And, you know, sometimes it can tend to be a a bit of a fairy tale. And my mom's, you know, my parents stress that, you know, he has to be a Christian. And so in my head, I'm thinking, okay, so I would want to date somebody and be like, okay, are you Christian? Oh, okay, good. You're Christian. Okay. And that just, it was like, that was enough. It, it just, 
in my naiveness, I just kind of just, it, it didn't seem to matter so much. And so I wasn't trying to find out, you know, where is he at spiritually? What is his background? What are the things he struggles with? What, you know, I just, I just kind of avoided all those things because I just saw somebody that I just really liked and wanted. And, you know, this tended to kind of carry on through my dating life, you know, as a young person. And, and, um, you know, really like the Lord protected me in a lot of ways. And I'm thankful for that. But you know, I guess it's just important to, I don't know whether to say do your homework, but you need to find out about that other person and and deep issues and things they struggle with and whether they're, you know, dealt with and before you get married. It's important because if you think it's going to get looked after afterward, it doesn't. If anything, it it escalates even more. So no, that's, that's so good. And and typically when I talk to singles, I say, be a fruit inspector. Where's the fruit in their life? Just because they call themselves and label themselves a Christian, that doesn't mean anything. I mean, there's a lot of Christians out there that say they're a Christian, but they're not living Christ-like. They're not, like you said, in the word daily. They're not practicing those daily disciplines, those daily habits that actually get you to be aligned with Christ. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think that's so, so important and so valuable. So I know like you and I have talked about like before, like you got married so young and there was so much you're like, I didn't know how to be a wife. I didn't know how to do this, this marriage thing. So as like someone who is so young getting married, like what would you have wished to know? Like if you look back and say like, I wish I would have done this differently or I wish I would have known more about this because I know there's so many young people that just, they get engaged so quickly because they're like, well, I just, they're Christian. I'm Christian and like, we're aligned. So we're just going to get married. And, you know, they don't actually know that like, or realize like, this is a lifelong covenant. Like you're not just, you know, going on a date with someone now, like you're actually like becoming one with, you know, like the Bible says, united in one flesh with this person. So what would you have wish you would have known differently or done differently as someone who is so young? So I was 21, actually, when I got married, age 20, when I was engaged. And, you know, I, I think I would have just, I, I just seemed so immature yet. And I wish I would have maybe either worked a little longer, just had time to mature so that I was ready because, you know, we said five years, we're going to maybe try and wait five years to have kids. Well, five months later, (laughs) And uh, along came our first. And, uh, you know, a year later, then once you start having kids, I mean, you're just so wrapped up in your kids and busy. You you just, you can lose each other so easily. And, And when you haven't even had time to really get to know each other, like we didn't even date very long. So we, we knew each other for not even a year and then we were engaged. So it just, you know, it, it just seemed pretty rushed. And um, there was a lot about Dave that I didn't know. There was a lot I loved and, and respected. And, you know, but there was a lot of things I didn't know. And there were issues looking back that should have been resolved before we ever said I do. Well, there was a lot of sin in my life. And there was a lot of things that I brought into our marriage, which that's the big story. And I mean, I'm, I'm willing to share it if you want. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to take no, away from your, no. from what you were sure. 
but uh, yeah, I mean, I think sin is such a reality of like the world that we live in is dark. It's crazy. It's chaotic. I mean, the amount of Christians living just very sinful lifestyles and they don't understand the impact and the effects that that is going to have, say, on their future wife or, you know, like their future children or whatever that looks like. And so I think, yeah, I know you've said like before, like, you know, if we can impact other people, if we can share our story to be able to prevent people from doing what we did, then, you know, I mean, we're meant to share our testimonies of how God has taken us out and made us into the new. So yeah, I'd love if you would just share more of what that looked like in your life. If I if I get talking too long, you need to interrupt and then do so. But so yeah, I was uh, like I said, grew up in a Christian home, loving family. But I, I guess I you know accepted Jesus Christ as my savior. Probably I don't remember a, a date. I'm going to say I was eight or nine years of age, somewhere quite young. But I knew I was uh, I was a Christian at school. It, it, those were very difficult years, public school and high school. Because I was raised in a Christian home, I wasn't allowed to hang out. And, and you know, uh, well, and also living on a farm um, away from the city, didn't have a big group of friends because on the farm, spent most of our time working, obviously. And uh, so I didn't have a big group of friends. And when I used to hear about all the fun things that those groups of guys used to do and and uh, the things that they used to do was was always such an attraction to me. I wanted to be a part of that, knowing it wasn't right. That was instilled into me. I I, I knew that as a Christian and uh, and also what my parents taught me. It wasn't right. And and I always desired to, to want to feel a part of the group and be a part of that crowd. And then once high school came, I, I was bullied severely. I was just a happy guy, just just smiled all the time. And I was teased for that back in the day when gay, being gay really wasn't a thing. I mean, you didn't hardly hear of it. And I was accused of of being gay because I was just a happy guy. And and uh, and I, I I got picked on and 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 bullied severely. And that kind of sent me spiraling out of control, looking to to almost become part of 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 that group of guys that that were doing things that I knew wasn't wasn't right and and uh, started drinking and going to parties to try and feel a part of a group knowing all the that while I was doing this it wasn't appropriate it wasn't right come home go to church on Sunday and act like no I mean my parents had no clue what I was up to and uh, late late in uh, high school then pro I think it was like grade twelve then. No, actually, no, you know, I'm going to start before that because I, I don't even know how old I was. I'm going to say probably 10 or 11 years of age. One day I went for a bike ride down our gravel road and in the ditch was a magazine, a pornographic magazine. And I remember seeing that magazine, getting off my bike, not knowing what it was at first, picked it up. And I mean, that was the first introduction to ever seeing a a, a woman uh, like that before. And knowing inside that it was wrong for me to look at that, I couldn't stop. And I remember taking the magazine partway down our road to a bush and going back into the bush because I knew it wasn't right. I mean, nobody had to tell me that it was, it was wrong. It was sin, right? And um, 
I remember looking at that magazine and, and not being able to put it down. And I ended up hiding it inside a hollow tree and uh, thinking that I would could come back there and look at it again. That was my first introduction to uh, pornography. And, and as a result of that, it my life started to really spiral out of control then when I hit high school and and trying to to fit in be be part of the crowd part of the group and um then had my first serious girlfriend then in grade 12 and um things the relationship didn't go well at all i ended up having a sexual relationship with that girl which was you know it was new for me and and it just things my life started to spiral out of control altogether i i quit reading my bible and I'd go to church every Sunday, but it was nothing. I was just doing it. So then, yeah, I got, ended up getting engaged to that girl at 19 years of age, thinking that I loved her and uh, I, I wanted to be with her the rest of my life. And it ended up that uh, we were three months away from, from the wedding date and she ended up breaking up with me and my heart was just broken. I was, I was destroyed and uh, all the while not really looking to the Lord and trying to figure out where I'm at, my relationship with him. I had hurt him and um, I turned my back on him. So I'm trying to fix myself instead of humbling myself mm. and, and uh, you know, confessing my sin. I was, I was in a, actually the girl wasn't even a Christian at the time. Well, when I first met her, she wasn't a Christian, but then she, she said she, she got saved and, I don't know whether it was genuine or not, but anyways, it doesn't doesn't really matter. Um, we, she ended up breaking the relationship off, and I was I was a mess after that. But that introduction to pornography and then into a sexual relationship with a girl that just started me down a literal road to destruction. And um, I ended up meeting meeting her, and then in uh, when I was 20, 20, 22. and it, I mean, I, I, I knew there was something about her that I was really attracted to. And her family was one of those things that I was really attracted to. Being raised in a Christian home, that is something that I, you know, I, I was looking for. And I really desired because I think that all the while knowing my past and what I, what I had done and the lifestyle I had lived, I still desired what was right and honorable before the Lord. And yet I still hadn't confessed my sin. I thought I had, but it wasn't a true repentant mm -hmm. heart. So it ended up then that we ended up getting married and um, that sexual sin, uh, the temptation there didn't leave. And that's where I'm going with this is like when I, when I shared this before, we drag things into a relationship and you think that by having a relationship, like a, a marriage to, to somebody else, that, that she's going to fulfill all those mm -hmm. desires uh, sexually for you. And um, there will be no, no need to look at pornography. There will be no need to, to masturbate. I mean, it's all sin. Masturbation is sin. Mm -hmm. Pornography is sin. It's, it's all sin. And if you think that she's going to fulfill that, you're sadly mistaken because the devil knows he knows exactly how to lure you into sin deeper. If it's something that you've struggled with and are struggling with, there's only one way to to stop. And that is probably 
seeking some counseling, some godly counsel and, and accountability and accountability is yeah, is, is really big. And just being serious about your relationship with God. And with that seriousness comes the desire to read daily. If you're at a point where you're struggling to sit down and open God's word and read it, and you say, I've just read it, and yet I don't get anything out of it, it will be because there's sin that's present in your life. There's something unconfessed sin. And I think a lot of times when we sin, we, instead of dealing with it right then and there, we bottle it up and we stick it on a shelf. And um, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it talks about, you know, throwing off the weight that that so easily entangles us. You know, the you know it's the weight of sin. We all know, we all know that when we sin, if you are truly born again, if you're truly a child of God, if you sin, your conscience, the Holy Spirit, convicts mm-hmm. you of that sin, and it's a huge weight, and you drag that through life. And you know, I had all these bottles of sin on the shelf. And I'm dragging that through life. And it, I'm telling you, it was very, very hard and uh, a heavy load to deal with every day, knowing I had messed up. And then being married, yeah, I, I ended up into another relationship with another woman uh, sexually. And that was a disaster. It was a mess. And um, it's definitely not an easy thing to talk about. And it's hard talking about it with, but yet we both know that um, God has has forgiven me and and that uh, you know there, there's there's trust that was broken and it's uh, it's a hard thing to have to to admit uh, and and to deal with and and to talk about like this but this is real life mm. and the devil is totally deceiving people Christians to think that this is okay or or you're caught in this situation you don't know how to get out you know and it's such a it's such a hard spot to to get out of and i mean at, at one point in my life i was dealing with this it, because i cu- i couldn't obviously i mean i remember somebody when i was in the youth group somebody talking about that once that that if if you're in a relationship with a girl and and you've messed up you know just go and talk you know go and talk to her and be upfront and honest. Well, I I knew that I couldn't do that. This was I was in too far. I had gone too far. I'd stepped over a boundary. And 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 I remember thinking, I will take this to my grave with me. Mm. I will never ever be able to come to her and confess and admit what I had done because I knew my marriage would be done. I I knew that. But God had other plans, and He knew that I had a story to share and to tell, so that hopefully, prayerfully. By me sharing this story, it would be a, a help to to others to keep them from going that far or getting that far in, because there was a point in my life where I I knew what I needed to do, and yet I di- I didn't know how to get fixed. Mm. I didn't know how to get fixed, and I remember at one one evening after she had found out about me and this other woman, I was destroyed inside. I mean. I knew what I had done to her and how she was hurting. And I knew that I needed to get fixed, but I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And I remember laying on a highway. It was it was just after midnight one night. I laid on the yellow line. 
uh, and looking up at the stars. And I just remember asking God to just please send a vehicle along, like I was crossed, crossed the yellow line, sorry. And um, just asking God to please send a vehicle. I, I just wanted to end my life. I couldn't take it because of the pain I'd caused her. And, and yet I was so deep in my sin because I had just been caught. I mean, how am I going to escape this? How am I going to get out of this mess? And and I mean, so many people just want to, you know, I think that's why suicide, the, the levels of suicide, the rates of suicide are just going through the roof because people don't want to have to deal with the pain in their life. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was the sin in my life. I knew I needed to deal with it, but I didn't know how and um, I needed a guy. I think every guy needs a guy and every gal needs a gal. You know, we all have to have somebody in our life that we feel we can reach out to, mm-hmm. that, that we can that we can open up with, that we can share with, that you feel 100% confident that, I mean, I've got, got young guys and I'm their accountability partner. And, and I've told them, I said, you know what, I will be here for you guys if and when you need it, but it's up to you to reach out to me. But when you do, I want and expect 100% honesty. Otherwise, Mm. I'm not going to do it because you're wasting my time and I'm going to be wasting yours. You have to be serious. And I wanted to, but I didn't have anybody. I, I like I wanted to get fixed, but I just didn't have anybody. I was too, too ashamed, too embarrassed. So that's why I thought, you know what, I'm just going to end my life, you know, and I lay there and laid there. And I mean, this is a busy highway and that no vehicles ended up coming. Mm. I just remember saying, God, if there's any way, any way for me to get fixed, please help me. And um, I ended up, uh, I, I, no vehicles came. And obviously God didn't want that to happen. <laughs> and uh, I ended up getting back in the vehicle and driving and just drove over the crest of a hill and a car came. came and I thought, wow, God, you have, you have a purpose. You have a plan for me. And yet it, it, took, it took a number of years for me to, to, get, to get fixed. But I think the start of it was, and this is, the most important advice I can give any young Christian guy or gal, when you're looking for a partner, you know, does the person, you know, is the person a Christian? Are, are they are they truly born again? Are they truly a child of God? And the parents, for us, for me, that mattered so much that she came from a Christian home. Because when she found out about me and our relationship and what happened, she was destroyed. She was broken. She just, she wanted nothing to do with me. Mm. And yet her father sat her down because he's a man of God. And he said, you do not leave. She says, dad, I want to leave. I can't be with this guy anymore. I don't, I don't love him anymore. He's hurt me. He's done this, this, and this. I just, I don't, I don't want to be here and be here anymore. And he says, no, he says, you're staying here and we will pray for you. I mean, for me to hear those words after the fact, to have a father-in-law and a mother-in-law who prayed earnestly for us, for the two of us, for me to become the man of God that I needed to become. And that started the whole process. Her parents could have easily said, you don't deserve this guy. Mm. Deserve. Just leave. Just leave. You have every right to. And she did. She had every right to leave me based on my actions and what I had done. But it was because 
of the prayers of loving parents who said, stay. And it took time. It took a long time. We had to go for counseling. We went for, for marriage counseling to try and heal our, our broken marriage. And it was all my fault. I, I don't blame. There was nothing that she had done wrong at all. It was all me. And it was because of my past. And instead of dealing with the sin in my life from a young age and taking my relationship with God real at a young age, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to be a young person growing up in, in the society that we have today. I mean, I thought it was bad when, <laughs> when, I, when I was a teenager, but now the pressures and the pressure to feel that to, to be to be fitting in with everybody are just it's crazy. And it's, it's so hard for for us as parents to see, you know, our kids and, and the pressures that are on them now. But anyways, no, it, it took some time. We went for counseling and um, it, it was not an easy process to work through. But our marriage counselor took us back into our past, into our, our actually probably from when we were kids to open up all those jars, all those things that we bottled up, that we, the sin, the hurts, the anger, the bitterness, all those things that we, we bottled up and put on that shelf, we had to bring out and we had to pour them out. We had to mm. confess it all to the Lord right then and there before each other and before our, our, our marriage counselor. And we prayed through those things because when you sin, you're giving ground to the enemy, to Satan. Mm -hmm. You've given him ground in your life. And what you're doing by pouring the, that sin out, by confessing it, you're, and, and what he had us do was to pray that God would take back the ground that we gave to the enemy. Mm. And that was such an important part. Then we could start to heal us. First, we had to get, we had to heal ourselves with mm. issues from our past from, from before we had even met. And yeah. then we could work our way through into our teenage years. And for her to hear all those things, the struggles that I had, and for me to hear the struggles that she had and her mess ups as a teenager. And, and then when we were married and, and the anger and the bitterness and resentment, all those things we had to confess and we had to deal with, and we had to be the, the most important thing is a repentant heart. Mm -hmm. If there's no repentance, there's no confession of sin. There's no forgiveness of sin. Mm -hmm. So. No, that's so good. And thank you for just being so vulnerable and sharing. I just want to ask you. So like in this messiness that you guys went through, how did that affect you? How did that impact you just as a wife, as a mother, as you know, someone who longed and desired to be married, and now you're like in it, and it feels so messy. What was that experience for you? Well, of course, it was it was really hard. And I had, I had four little ones at the time. And I didn't want them to grow up in a split home. I just I determined that I said, I don't want that. I am going to try as hard as I can to to make this work but with god's help i know that i can and after we did the counseling together that helped a lot because i remember when someone said oh you know go see this counselor i thought this is just too huge how you know i'm going to sit in front of this guy that's going to say so how do you feel and how do you feel and, you know like that just doesn't get anywhere mm -hmm. but when it was actually praying through things it was asking forgiveness it was bringing it before the lord it was confessed there was healing and there was forgiveness and it was done. It was just done there. And I had to trust in that. 
at the same time, yes, it took a long time, you know, for trust to build. And, you know, that does take time, but I, the Holy spirit spoke to me a lot and Mm -hmm. he just kept saying, whenever I'd be like, Lord, but when, when is he going to, this is ridiculous. Like this is going on too long. Like he's just, he's, you know, he's not becoming the man of God that I, that I need him to be. And I'm so afraid. What if he goes back? And what if, you know, and, and the Holy spirit just kept saying to me, just wait. I, it's okay. It will be okay. I've got a plan. Just be patient. Just wait. And some days I'd be like, but God, when, but when, and I, and I heard this in my spirit, it was, he's going to be a man of God. One day he's going to be a man of God. Just wait. And, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I laughed out loud. I was like, yeah, right. Like I can't see him becoming a man of God. Like after all this and you know, and, and God just kept, he just in, in his grace, like with all my complaining and everything, he was, he just was patient with me. And I don't know, just in time, it just, it just, our hearts healed and we began to trust again. And we, we just stayed really close to the Lord. And, and that was just key. You know, I, I think for you to see in me, I think it was probably when I first started taking my my Bible reading serious. Mm-hmm. That that was probably when she started to see the biggest change in me. Yeah. The desire. And again, this is something with having godly parents are I think are are crucial. Carrie's parents gave all of us kids, all the kids, grandkids and grandkids, yeah. everybody a Bible for Christmas and challenged everybody to read through the Bible. And uh, the the challenge was to do it in a year. And uh, I never had read through the whole Bible, ever. And I mean, am I ashamed to say that? Yeah, I was. But yet I made a point of, of doing that. And I think when that began to happen, reading daily, even though there were some real, I mean, you get into the book of Leviticus or first, <laughs> yeah. that's some tough reading. You know? It's a revelation in there. <laughs> It's tough, tough going. But yet I I truly believe, even though you might not fully understand, I mean, when you get into the genealogies and all that stuff, you're saying, oh, God, like, this is tough reading. But you commit yourself to doing that. I believe he honors that. Even though you don't fully understand what you're reading, he knows your heart. And he knows the intent of your heart and what you're trying to do and what you want to be. So I think when she started to see that in me, that that started to build her confidence in me. And also just understanding that with with God, that that God was doing something in me then. Mm -hmm. Because if there's no true desire to get in the word, to read it daily... Then there's still problems I, and there's I, still I'm, issues there. And that scared me. I'm convinced me. that there yeah. is for anybody, for 100%. anybody who's not, who's not in the word daily. Yeah. I mean, we're in a relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and, and his father, our heavenly father. So why wouldn't we desire that? If there's other things that are pulling us away, I'm... It's, I mean, it's a relationship, right? Like, you know, if you think of your your two relationships, if you just never spend time together, where would your relationship be right now, right? It's the same thing. It's like, if you're not investing and spending time with the Lord, like, how do you have that relationship? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and really, that's the only way that our marriage can work. It's, mm-hmm. it's because 
we walk with the Lord and we love the Lord. We desire to serve and live for him. But if he wasn't that way, I, how could I trust him? Because I'd be so afraid all the time that he would be just maybe slipping back into this, you know, and I always be checking up and always be, but I, I am confident and content and, and just, I trust because he loves the Lord and I see that he spends time with the Lord. So but there were, there was a lot of things that I had to change and, and, um, music is a big part, I think of everybody's life. I mean, um, and for me, country music was my thing. The tractor had country music. The truck had country music. I had country music in the barn. I mean, it, it was everywhere I went was country music. And I remember reading one morning in Philippians where it says, thinking on, think on whatever things are pure, whatever things are, are lovely, whatever things are holy, whatever, you know, I, I was thinking that morning, I'm like, what am I putting into my brain? Mm-hmm. The music that we listen to, I don't, I don't think people really, I, I think we underestimate the power of music and what it's able to do. You can say, oh, well, it's, it's, just no i think it even goes beyond music it's you like whatever you're consuming i mean i think like these days of this day and age of tiktok and everything you're consuming constantly social media instagram facebook music movies like the like the culture shift is so crazy if you even look how culture has shifted in the last five years like and we're consuming this daily this is why everyone no one knows who they are these days there's such an attack on identity these days because it's like that's where everywhere we look everyone's confused about who they are and who they were made to be and so it's like i think that's so important is like overall what are you consuming in your life like like you are your thoughts are gonna go to the direction of like what you're consuming and so i think it's like that's such a key thought of like hey pay attention like if i'm watching this movie how is it making me feel if it's not making me feel good like you know i'll start watching movies uh, in my life that are like very like power hungry people with high paid jobs. And all of a sudden I start desiring those things. And I'm like, wait a minute, I literally moved to a new country in two suitcases. I don't care about that stuff. But, you know, watching those things and consuming those things, I start to like want those things. But that's not actually me. This is just what I'm told I should be wanting. And so I think it's so important. And I think that's, you know, invaluable to just take that like, almost like, inventory of like okay what am i consuming in my life like you're saying Mm -hmm. well for me music was a big thing and and right around that time when i after i had read that verse christian radio station had a uh, a 30-day challenge to try and get uh, its listeners away from listening to secular music and only to christian music and uh so i took that 30-day challenge and um I'm proud to say that I don't know if that was seven or eight years ago, maybe that I've taken that challenge and I and I still mm-hmm. haven't listened. I haven't gone back to to listening to the radio. Any music I listen to is is Christian music, and 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 I try to be very selective in in you know what I'm listening to. And but it doesn't always have to be. I mean, I think so often we think that we've you know we live in a generation, a culture now where we just have to always have noise coming at us we always have to be listening to music and i i try when i'm when i'm driving alone now sometimes just to leave the music off and just to talk to god you know just just have that time of prayer the time of silence i think that's something that like i said we're just we've always got sound and noise coming at us from every direction if we would just 
keep the keep it quiet and just spend some time so just when you're walking i mean everybody's got earbuds now and headsets headphones that they're just walking with music and noise all the time there's nothing wrong with just that quiet and and that just to hear god's voice and to talk to him you know as you're walking as you're biking as you're driving there's the, and and that's crucial and i think that's a big part of our life and and my life right now and keeping me on track in my relationship with god because you know what the temptations don't go away you know they're always they're always there you know it's it's whether you take that second look you know mm-hmm. um that that song by casting crowns oh do you remember the name of it i forget slow fade. the slow fade yeah yeah you know and 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 those things when i look back in my life it, it wasn't like one day I'm here and the next I'm here, yeah. you know, low fade. The devil is so, he, he's, he's so subtle and, and, and he works so, he's so clever. He knows how to deceive us and he knows how to yeah. get us to those points where one day we wake up and we're like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. No, I, I mean, yeah. No, that's so good. My my motto is, how do I become 1% more like Jesus every day? Because mm-hmm. I will never attain perfection, ever. Mm-hmm. But if I can progress every single day to be 1% more like Jesus in a whole year, that's a lot more than when I first began. And I think so often people either expect that perfection, like to go from zero to 100, or they just, they see no progress. So they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm just here and I'm stuck here and I'm never going to get any better. But at the end of the day, like we're never going to be perfect. So it's like 1% more every day is attainable. So I love that. But no, well, you're running out of time here. It's been such a fruitful conversation. And um, I just want to honor both of you because I know like spending time with you and, and just as like what you guys are saying about spending time in the word and really like like spending time with God, like I've seen that in your lives. And that was such an honor for me to be able to witness and to see. But also, I want to take it a step further, because I think God really, like redeems things so beautifully. And I didn't know your story up until tonight. Like I knew like there was something, you know, there's, there's a big story, but I didn't know specifics of that story. And one thing I noticed about you, when I first met you, was just how you treated me as a daughter. And that was it. It was in such a pure way that I haven't experienced from a lot of men, especially older men. And to know your past and to know all of the all, where you came from and to know the redemption that God brought you into, but then to take it even a step further. And as like a woman, as a young, attractive woman, to feel that purity from you as just a father's love is so beautiful and such a rare gift that I don't think you even know that you do it. But how needed that is to have godly men out there that just treat women, young women as just daughters of the King of Kings of, you know, or, you know, younger men to treat them as sisters. And that's so rare these days. And that was one of the first things I ever noticed about you. And so I just think it's so beautiful how God has really redeemed your story in such a beautiful way and how I've seen and witnessed the fruit of his redemption in that. So thank you both so much for being on the podcast and just being vulnerable and sharing your story. I know that you know, people need to hear this and people need to know that like they're never too far gone and God is a redeemer and he can do anything he wants to do. You just have to, like you said, repent and 
and get closer to him and and really submit to him and surrender to his his life, his will for your life. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of An Apple A Day. If you liked today's episode, why don't you go like it, share it, subscribe, maybe even send it to a friend and don't forget to review us. It helps so much. We look forward to seeing you next week, same time, same place on An Apple A Day podcast.